join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. OCD Recording uh, has been in business for how many years? 14. 14 years? Yeah. And uh, I'll have to take some pictures when I leave out of here. Uh, you got a lot of albums on the wall out there in the waiting room, so been through a lot of projects. Um, right. Could you name some of the bands that you've worked with? I've worked with Down, Exhorter, Crowbar, obviously. Uh, did uh, Kirk Winstein's solo album. I'm working on another solo album for Kirk right now. Yeah. Um, a shit ton of local bands. Yeah. Um, yeah, a bunch. And um, has this always been the the same location, or yeah. have you moved during mm -hmm. that time? No, this is where I've been for fourteen years. Yeah. In Metairie. Yep, that's cool. Um, your most recent project is somebody that I ended up meeting up with was uh, Blackwater Canal. Yeah, uh, how'd that go? Yeah, it was it was a it was a fun project. We did the whole thing in like three days. That's what they said. Yeah, and it was. It, they were here the whole time. We recorded it, mixed it, edited it all, all at the same time with everybody here standing over me. Right. And uh, it, it was, it was, it was pretty fun actually. You know, it, it's kind of like that under under the gun, you know, running gun kind of recording. Sure. You know, wasn't it wasn't the sit there and edit for several hours and, and mix for a, a couple of days. It was just everything old school. Yeah. And you said uh, Vinny Labella from Exhorter was a uh, co-producer on that yeah yeah, yeah and um you did say he's the meticulous type so how did that work out this uh, three-day rush with a meticulous guy <laughs> yeah he 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 he, he kind of would stay out of the way <laughs> yeah in those situations you mm -hmm. know but uh he'd pop in and say why don't we do this yeah and and, and and make sure everything was you know up up to standards i guess you know what's your normal uh span of time for a, a project that size it depends on the band. I mean, it's like like the Exhorter album with with Vinny. I mean, that was four months of us being in here, not just four months dilly daddling around. We, it was, it was like a month of pre production and three months of recording the album with no days off. Mm -hmm. uh, every single day. Uh, it depends on the budget too. You know, I work with whatever budget the band has, and you know, if it's if it's something where we're, you know. It's going to be shopped out to a record label or something, and trying to get the best, and they got a little bit of money behind them. Might spend the extra time with the editing, or, or if if they don't have the money, and we're just trying to get the best we can in this, you know, mm. at, at an affordable rate or whatever. We'd, so it, it could be something like that. Could be a five songs. Could be a two week project or three days, like it was with Blackwater Canal. Yeah. Uh, some of the guys that you've named that you've worked with, though, I mean, they really have their shit together, so to speak. So, I mean, when they come in here, you're not waiting for just the right 
vocal take or something. I mean, they they're nailing it pretty much, right? Uh, sometimes, sometimes not. You know, it's no. it's, it's always different. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it, you're working with artists, so there's you know moods and you know whatever's going on that day or whatever you know equipment failures you're dealing with, or sure. whatever. Or or sometimes we're writing the stuff in here, so okay, you know. Like a like a crowbar album, they'll they'll come in here and 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 start recording and all, and nobody knows what the vocals are going to do while we're recording it. Oh wow! And then the day of, Kirk's writing vocals and comes in here and we start banging it out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so some of the creative process happen, happens right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which do you prefer? Does it matter? It doesn't. It doesn't. I, I really I, I take everything just as it comes. I, I adapt to whatever our, our situation is here. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, I'm sure it's kind of inspiring to see it unfold, so to speak, not knowing what you're going to have at the end of the day and, you know, shaping that up, you know, being pleased with that. That's cool. Um, You had mentioned uh, Crowbar's last project was here. You did more than one album with them. I've done four albums with with Crowbar. Okay. I I got to say, I probably owe, owe... most of my success to to doing the first crowbar album because uh-huh. you know before that i didn't have you know any kind of name to speak of and then uh kirk kind of took a took a chance on me and we've been doing albums ever since yeah yeah where had he been before that i don't remember where kirk uh crowbar was recording yeah i uh i don't know they did they won a festival recording studio they did uh-huh. I mean, they've recorded every, uh, all over the place, I'm sure. I'm going to have to look. I got a cassette tape by them back at the house, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, so who else? Uh, I saw Miss Led was on the wall in there. Who else you been working with? Uh, I, it's it's always something. So, like, right now I'm doing a band called Firebrain. They're doing, like, like kind of reggae ska covers of, like, New Orleans standards. Kind of like... Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing that type of thing. Um, I'm working on Kirk Winstein's second solo album right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I mean, it, I don't know what I'm doing the, the tomorrow. You know, I, I come in here and, and work on whatever whatever comes up. Yeah, I was going to ask about, uh, I, I guess, your workflow, so to speak. Um, are you juggling? Do you work on two or three different things in the same day, or do you stick Sometimes. with one thing like a tunnel vision? Sometimes, I mean, the OCD in me wants to, like, start a project and finish and go, but it never happens like that because you're working around people diff- having different schedules and working around my schedule and everything. So yeah. you might have somebody come in and, and record the drum tracks for an album, and then I might not have to sit on that for a month before they can come back in. And, you know, some some, some of the artists, they, they, have, they have, like, the drummer might live out of town or somebody. Yeah. And so we'll get together when we can. So there's there's stuff like like that where I have drum tracks finished, but I don't know what what when we're gonna do the rest of it, sure or, or whatever. Is it is it? I mean, I, you said you don't mind, but is it difficult to some degree to change so drastically Tra- from one change genre? Gears. Yeah, it, it it can be when I'm mixing. Like I don't like to start mixing an album and then jump off and start mixing a different album and come back. Because I, I get in different mindsets sure. when I'm, you know, put on this hat to be, a, you know, artistically doing this, right. and and then have to swap uh, and and come back to it. It's it's not the it's not the starting; it's the stopping and starting again. Okay. 
So it messes up your rhythm, but you don't yeah. fi- do you find that uh, working on one project might kind of uh, I don't want to say taint or anything, but you know, did, did you feel a little bit too scotch when you were working on no. <laughs> some metal? You know, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, things are supposed to you, have certain characteristic sounds. You, you, you adapt. Know? I think the hardest thing is like coming in and getting in the mood to do it. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you can't go. All right, hurry up, be creative right now. You sure. Know? So no, it's like you can't it's, force it's, creativity. That's right. So, so I, like I'll come in and I gotta, I gotta go through the whole ritual of of getting in the in the mood to do it. But once I'm in the mood and, and I lock in, then I mean, it, it might be a two day process. Get like mixing one song sometimes. Yeah. Just to define the 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 rhythm or the or the you know the whatever to 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 get it get it going you know the yeah you can't force creativity that's for sure yeah um uh like i said before i leave i will take some pictures but this place goes on and on and on i don't think you realize from the outside just how no, m- yeah. many different rooms there are and i mean they're, they're all d- with different purposes and everything um and you and i talked a bit about this before we started the interview but you were telling me um about the process of getting it to where it is today and that it took a, oh, a it was lot a dump. of work it was a dump and and uh you know you think you know what you're doing when you when you get the idea sure and so i i, I had an idea how i was gonna you know this wall is gonna go here this wall is coming out we're gonna put this here and we executed it and then throughout the years it changed and changed the equipment changed the sound treatments changed i built all the sound treatments around too mm-hmm. from scratch i built the desk from scratch nice so, yeah, it, 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 when I first started here, everything looked quite a bit different than, than it does now. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. Normally in the middle of podcasts, you hear a bunch of advertisements. But on this podcast, we're going to talk about some of our members. Today we have for you a solo artist by the name of Dr. Ben Redwine. He's originally from Oklahoma and living on the outskirts of New Orleans currently. He's a jazz and classical clarinetist. He's inspired by artists such as Artie Shaw, Benny Goodman, and Pete Fountain. This guy's been everywhere. He's performed on four continents. Some of the cities include Washington, D.C., New Orleans, New York City, Los Angeles, Rio, Sao Paulo, Salvador, Madrid, Valencia, Paris, Oporto, Lisbon, London, Assasi, and Shanghai. His catalog includes an album by the name of Samba Jazz, published in 2016, Silver Lining Serenades, published this year, and his next album will be titled Le Chat Noir, coming out in 2023. Now this is a hell of a guy here, folks. I met with him personally and uh, had a great time. He earned a master's degree from LSU. And while serving in the U.S. Naval Academy Band, he earned a doctorate degree in music in Washington, D.C. He taught music at the Catholic University of America for five years. He relocated to Louisiana, where he performs jazz extensively throughout the state, but primarily in New Orleans. He performs frequently with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra and the Baton Rouge Symphony. The highlights of his past year include being a featured performer at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and performing at the Dewdrop Jazz and Social Hall. He performs weekly at Madame Vic's in New Orleans, at 113 Restaurant in Hammond, and at the Southern Hotel in Covington. His favorite venues, though, are intimate settings such as house concerts. And here's an example of his work. 
And now back to our show. But yeah, it was a it was a dump. It was like a barracks in World War Two or something <laughs> like that. How and, long did this process take? Uh, it was crazy how fast we did it. Like uh, I had bands that wanted to rehearse here, and, and that was part of the deal. They were helping with the construction and all. So we were nice. like, I, I think it was something ridiculous. Like we did it all in like three months. Yeah, like gutted. Completely gutted the place and built it and had it like up and running in like three months. Mm-hmm. And you did mention that uh, you have a rehearsal space here as well, and you are building another studio at home. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a, a a home studio. I'm so used to working in the space that I modeled it. Like the the control room is identical to this, same size and everything. Yeah. So I modeled everything kind of after this as much as I could for the for the vocal and the. So if I look right out here, I can see my vocal booth. Same thing at, at the new place. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a home studio. I can do whatever at the house. I don't, I don't know how uh, how how much I, I'm going to do here and how much I'm going to do there. That kind of remains to be seen. It's going to be a kind of a, a science project. And what was the catalyst for wanting to build something at home? Uh, you know, two things. Like I wanted to. My kids don't get to see me enough, so at least I'll be at the house. That's one. And then two, at at some point, I mean, I can't do this for the rest of my life, I don't think. You know, at some point, I I think I'll eventually shut this down. And I like the flexibility of being able to do it when I want at the the house, you know. Three, four o'clock in the morning when inspiration hits. Yeah, or, you know, or not at all. You know, I, I won't have the overhead of this, to, and I'd still be able to, you know, pick and choose what I what I want to do and when. Sure. Um, you've had a pretty steady workflow uh, throughout the years, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, fairly fairly uh, accurate to say. Does it does it pay for itself? Does it generate enough to oh, be yeah. able to have done all these things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It it, 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 it makes money, you know. For sure. It, 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 it makes money, and, and, and at first it did, and, and I built up the clientele, but I, I've never advertised, so... It's all word of mouth, and yeah, so, that's so you the always, best advertisement. Yeah, and you're always nervous, like, oh, I'm about to finish this up. I don't have anything booked, and then a day later, you're completely booked. Yeah, so it it stays it stays rolling. Yeah, and I mean, your name's on the back of a lot of albums these days, so yeah. it doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, for the people that are uh, listening, there's gonna be a podcast. Uh, based off of this as well maybe you could go through some of the sort of tech side of this as far as uh sure. some of the equipment that you prefer to use so they know what you're working with sure this is a old school actually old school 90s soundcraft console like a live sound console but they have basically it's the same preamps that they had in their uh in their their big studio console but i had it all modded out in um in um nashville mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm sure that the guys that were that were building studio consoles in the '90s were the same guy, and, and it's a British console, so it's probably the same guys that were working at SSL and and like the big British console companies. It's uh, I like working with an analog console, and this is a digital console. So the analog console feeds the digital console, and I have the best of both worlds. So I have you know moving faders and stuff on here, and and send mixes out to there with with uh on the faders and everything and then yeah. i got a bunch of outboard stuff over there that's like a neve clone i got some api preamps and some uh some uh 
some modded out compressors by Jim Williams. Jim Williams is the is the dude that does all the work for um, for uh, uh, he did like Frank Zappa's guitars and 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 a, a bunch of big names or whatever. He's the one that told me about the console because mm-hmm. I was looking for a console for the studio. The analog console. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted an analog console, <clears throat> and I was like, I was like, I was telling him what I was looking at. And he goes, "Just go buy this." It's a Soundcraft venue. He said, "Go get a venue or a Delta, and you have that modded. It's as, it's as close as you can get to audio perfection." And so, I mean, I didn't know any better. So I just followed what he said. To the letter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it it served me well. Um, other than that, um, the microphone in the in the vocal booth, I absolutely adore. It's a it's a mic that I had a. a uh, a guy in California billed me. His uh, his company is Barbaric Amplification, mm-hmm. and uh, his name's Chris Prucher. And I got to just talking to the dude, and I told him what I wanted or whatever, and we 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 kind of hit it off. And he said, "Look, let me build you this. If you don't like it, uh, send it back, and I'll build you what you want." And meanwhile, I was sourcing some of the parts for it, and I was sending him everything. And, and I went on the forums, and the dude's telling me about this. You know, I needed a tube, and you know, I went to the tube guy, you know, some guy on, on, in a forum, and he said, he said, look, I got the special tube for you, and I'm like, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, I, I got the special tube, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take it, you know, and, and this guy's like, he's well known, I think they, he goes by Bowie on the on the forums, he's, he's the tube guy, right, and he's got all this new old stock of tubes, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I got this it's special tube, special tube, I'm like, all right, whatever, I get it, and I send it to my boy, and he goes... Where did you get this tube? He goes. The, the, he goes. The, this is. It was. Mike's his circuit design. He said he's never heard it sound as good as it does. Yeah. With that tube in it, and when I got the mic, I was blown away. I've never heard anything like it before. Really? Yeah. It's. He named the mic after after the studio after OCD. Mm-hmm. We, we put his name in my name. It's OCD BA for bar, Barrack Amplification Fifty One. I think OCD BA Fifty One. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice piece of gear. I, I like the stuff that's kind of like not what you buy off the shelf. Sure, you know, it's something that's kind of. A lot of times, pr- you'll get your own signature sound that way too. You know, proprietary to my place. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, you got, like I said, some people are not going to be able to see this, but you got guitars hanging all over the place. You got uh, a whole stage full of equipment outside. Right. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, stack this is stuff that you've accumulated over the years because you were in bands yourself yeah a lot of it but then anything really nice guitar wise a good friend of mine that i work with constantly his name's hugo miranda Mm. if you see a nice guitar it's hugo's hugo he played in um a band called retro electro and i I did a i did a solo album for him too retro electro retro electro Uh and um we hit it off and we've been working together since yeah um, like you know, he's here like every every week, and yeah, you see something nice on a wall. It usually is. That's cool, man. Yeah, these are gorgeous. Yeah, I really like them. Um, the uh, the far room you said crowbar still uses. Um, for yeah, they rehearsal. They they, re- they rehearse over there, and it's real. It's you know chill for when they're when they're recording. It's so easy to stuff. They can they can practice the song over there and then come over here and record it. Gotcha. So that's just their situation though. You're not really renting no, out rehearsal space no, or anything like that. No. I gotcha. Oh, far out, man. Um, 
I wanted to uh, tell them about um, how many Exhorter albums. Just you... just the one. Oh, okay. So, but it was kind of a big deal because they didn't put out an album for thirty years. Right. And super proud of the, what we did here. Like, you know, sometimes you're a part of the album. But sometimes you're really a part of it. We we worked hard on that album. That was the title was. Um, more in the Southern Skies is okay. the name of the album. All right. Um. Yeah, we, it was it was grueling. It was, so you have you have albums that you do that's like your your local band comes in, you bang out an album, and then you have like the stuff that's more like major record label stuff. Where and that was probably the most like we were in touch with the record label while we were doing it, and and. And we were under the gun trying to get it finished, and it, it, it was real work. It was, but super proud of the way that album came out. Yeah. What are your hours like on a project like that when you're under the gun, so to speak? So I usually try to. I might be here for like three thirty, four o'clock, and I try to wrap it up at ten thirty, giving me enough enough time to get some sleep. And and that kind of album would be like we're pushing it. Might stay here like eleven, eleven thirty, midnight. Yeah, if, I mean you can't stop in the middle of progress. So sure, you have to get to that stopping point. But you also have a life too. <laughs> so you try to something right? like that. The reasonable facsimile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, I, I think that's about it. Uh, I'm gonna take a walk around and uh, get some eye candy for everybody to see. Right. And um, you know. Hopefully they don't start beating down your doors after this famous interview happens, you know. Right. <laughs> All right, man, I appreciate it. Yeah. Give me to home. Hey, this is Levi from Mistlayer, Southern Brutality in 1016. Look, man, we all start off as jam bands. Get together, we push our souls all throughout the speakers, man. Simple as that. The connections that we form with our crowds and following is nothing like any other. We'd love to have you back. Click that on button, show your support, or you can check us out at Buy Me a Coffee. Black Black Backlash? Buy me a coffee, black slash backlash. That's Buy Me a Coffee, backslash, music. I said, Buy Me a Coffee, backslash, music. I have spoken. Yeah, 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 yeah.